Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart, with a capital A-R-T. Well, hello, Mary. Hi, Joshua. Happy week, my friend. Oh, it has been a good week. How about you? I am fantastic. Yeah, truly fantastic. I was sharing with you a little bit last week about some of the cool programs that we've been looking at, um, but we are we are hurriedly expanding um, programs uh, in the prison system. Yeah, so, I heard about that. Yeah. Tell us more. Well, there are, there's a, a we actually are starting with um, with women. And there are they're setting up programs. They're kind of experiment uh, like experimental programs, um, really focused on opioid addiction. Uh-huh. And so there, these ladies are being handpicked. They have to go through an application process in the jail system, and then they're removed from the general population. Sixteen of them, oh. and they go through a series of experiences and classes and things for social connection. So they're bringing us in with we're going to be doing improv or doing classes on Shakespeare. Um, with these ladies Wendy who are incarcerated is helping you with this have, too, right? Yes, yes, yes. I love her. We worked together back in the day. And you have opioid addictions, and it's just Tell crazy. Wendy I would love to be a part of that, and I don't know if you've already said, if you're starting no, training No, we're just getting started, but it's we want to do it quick, so it's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks because they have a, we don't want to miss any ladies. They literally just okay. started this whole program. So. I would be honored to be a part of that. What yeah, a so great way those... to utilize what you love in the arts to help people um find a bit more about who they are and who well, they know, can be. All of us are trying to reach, you know, everyone in our community. And so we have a special mission for that in making mm-hmm. sure that no one's left behind. And so when we talk about whether it's people with a motor disability or people who have, uh, you know, an aut- autism or, or cancer support, or maybe they are at an at-risk, uh, at-risk youth, there's all these different populations. But when you think about the prison system, mm-hmm. that's a population when it comes to the arts that is just left behind. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to dive into that a little bit. So it's pretty exciting. It makes me very, very happy. You know, we talk about arts accessibility. That means for everyone, yes, right? For yes. everyone. So super excited about that. Oh, and you've got a cool that. event coming up. Yes, I do. Pashakasha. <laughs> you just love saying that. Pashakasha. <laughs> it means chit chat. Or pachacucha. Pachacucha, right? <laughs> Which we heard. We heard Eddie say that once. Uh, we did. Um, Eddie Sullivan has brought pachakasha to Orlando. It's been here for a while now. Started in Japan. Uh, basically, there are mini talks, uh, 20 slides, 20 seconds each on any subject that you're passionate about. So as you know, that if you go there and you hear one on someone's vacation at the Grand Canyon, if that's not your thing, oh, the next one's on bees in a home, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We've heard them all, right? Yeah. And, and mine is going to be on conversation. I and and what I love is that uh, I'll call it the art of conversation. I'll be using Jason's drawings uh, as some of the work that I'll talk about, about the types of conversations we have and um, ways in which we can be more comfortable and authentic in them. And at the end, it's not just this was the art of conversation, that conversation, not just that conversation is an art, but art is a conversation. And Mm. the art was all Jason Hunt, my husband's. Um, and, And what's wonderful is with all his literally thousands of drawings, I got to pick things that exemplified, you know, listening, active listening or engagement or um, touch or silence. Did he have a say in what you were picking or did you just say, that's the ones I want? It's 20, right? It's 20, 20 slides, slides, 20, 20 seconds, seconds each. Yep. 
he he doesn't mind, and the truth is he didn't even ask. So I like the idea that he'll be surprised. Yeah, we've had so many incredible conversations on this TV and radio mm-hmm. show, and I especially loved the one we had last week with Cole when mm-hmm. we were talking about just the idea of creativity and mm-hmm. breaking down the stigmas of what creativity is, and that and everyone who can be and creative. who can be creative, mm-hmm. and that creativity is really about individuality celebrating what you bring to a conversation or a project and to life i mean each minute we live is its own miracle right and each minute we live is an opportunity to experience a world in different ways and if we go through the world experience it in the same way that we did when we were 10 or 20 it's like eating the same food every day right i mean there's new ways and new eyes to look upon things and to let things affect you and learn from that i feel like i'm more creative now at 40 than I've ever been before. I've been wanting to tell you that. You want to, <laughs> thanks. I don't know if that's a compliment or, you want to know why? Because I think once you become, I'm more comfortable with who I am mm-hmm. now than I've ever been. And do you and attribute any makes, of that to the arts? Oh yeah, absolutely In I do. Way? Well, especially the work that I do, I've been able to meet so many different kinds of people and help people celebrate who they are. But I can't really do that unless I celebrate who I am, mm. right? Like. And so that journey I've been on my whole life, but I feel like you can't really be creative until you yourself are able to accept who you are and celebrate who you are right. and celebrate your individuality and what you what you just said, what you bring to life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at 40, I'm just now starting mm. to, you know, people say your 40s and 50s are your best years. So I'm really hoping that's yes. the truth. Yes. <laughs> I'm really hoping that's the truth. Mm-hmm. So um, there, you know, this, we're getting into the art season, Mary. Mm-hmm. So the Philharmonic uh, had their kickoff last week. We're in the middle of Avita uh, at the Shakespeare Theater and so many other wonderful organizations. The ballet is about to do Vampire's Diary. Mm-hmm. Coming, Vampire's Diary. That's not what I meant to say. Vampire's Ball. Ball. Oh. <laughs> what is Vampire's I, Diary? I was diary. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> is that a movie or a show or something? I don't vampires know. Diary? There's vampires in ev- everywhere, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that they're now down. Vampire's Ball down is in a couple of weeks. So make sure you check out Orlando at play.com because there are so many exciting things happening in our arts community. Well, today, this is a show that, Mary, you're just going to love because mm-hmm. it's about visual arts. And uh, we don't get to talk about visual arts as much as I would love to on this show. So I'm excited about our guest today and the wonderful organization that we're talking to. So we're going to learn all about the Art and History Museum of Maitland. And on the show today, we have Mark Harmon, who is the executive director, Randall Webster, who's the director of experiences, mm-hmm. and Danielle Thomas, who is the director of operations. So welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. Yay, we're so glad to have you. So Mark, you're the executive director. You're the dude. Tell us about <laughs> Art and History Museum of Maitland. Tell us how it got started first. Well, it's actually a merger of two organizations. Back in 2010, the uh, Historical Society of Maitland and the Maitland Art Association merged together. But those are organizations that have existed since the very early 1970s. Um, and they've been partners with the city of Maitland in the operations of the local museums. Um, the city of Maitland helped acquire what we now know as the Maitland Art Center uh, when it was originally started by Jules Andre Smith as the research studio. Hmm. And then as the years went by, they acquired other structures that became the Maitland History Center, or excuse me, Maitland History Museum, the Telephone Museum, the Waterhouse Home, et cetera. And so it's like a compound of all these really great things in, in Maitland that tell the story of the city, right? It is. And actually, it's two campuses. Oh, we two have, campuses. We have two campuses. One's on Packwood Avenue, which includes the original research studio of Andre Smith. And then right next to that is the 
History Museum and the Telephone Museum. And then down at Lake Lily, we also have the Waterhouse Home, mm. um, the Carpentry Shop, which was run or built allegedly by uh, William Waterhouse. And then we have two other buildings that aren't historic sites, but they're programmatic space for us. So we have what we call the Lake Lily Studio and the Lake Lily Cottage. I love the Lake Lily College. We've done some programs for our seniors in yes. that space, some improv classes and dance classes, and it's a beautiful, wonderful space. So art and history, you know, you've you've married those two, but typically do those live in different worlds, history, museums, and art? Sometimes, and yeah. some people don't think they merge very well, but I think they can. Um, well, you know, art I, tells been, the history, right? right? Well, it does, and, and I've been in history museums my career. I mean, I'm... I'm Contrary to what most people think, I'm not an artist. I'm an advocate for the arts. You're a historian? I, or? I come from the history end. Okay. Mm. Um, I was a history major. I've been in historic preservation my entire career. Um, but every time we've done exhibits at other institutions I've worked at, we've always had some elements of the arts in it, whether it's you know graphic arts, mm. fine arts, performing arts, you name it. So the arts always have a role in our past because it's all around us in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and it can help stories. you tell. The, I was to say, it can help you tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so how have you seen the the marriage of these two help you tell history better through even through this museum? Well, what, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things we've done here is we've adjusted our exhibit schedules and our temporary programs to where we have a thematic thread going through both the art gallery and the history gallery. Oh, neat. And so every time we do an exhibit, we come up with what is that thread. Mm. Um, And I think Randall can tell you a little bit about some of the things he's done recently. But it actually started last year um, with the first time we did it was was about veterans and veterans art. It was all tied into the First World War anniversary. And in fact, Danielle um, and her team actually put together the exhibit that's in the history um, gallery. Oh, that's very cool. So, Randall, you're the director of experiences. That's a really fancy title. I like that. It's a fun title. <laughs> I, 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 it I get to have a lot of fun right? at work. It could be, right. You could do anything you want. It's an experience. Yeah, I anything love that. you, you want to see or do, I, I'm, uh, my team has their fingers on it. So what are some programs that you're currently doing? What are some programs that you're proud of? And what do you have in the works? Uh, we have our fall exhibitions right now, and it's called Sweet, Fresh, and Juicy. Oh. Florida Oranges in Art and History. I didn't know where you were going with that. There, <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> so in the History Museum, we really get into uh, what was it like here in uh, the early 1800s all the way up to today in the orange growing and citrus industry. Mm. And it turns out that it's really and the key element that brought people originally to this to Maitland and Central Florida is the um, the citrus industry but the industry has had a lot of challenges over the decades um, in the late 1800s there was a really severe freeze and it almost wiped out um, the whole industry here it took 15 years before they really built it back mm-hmm. and then from then it it kind of continued on but it's been just a lot of challenges with different freezes um, uh, citrus canker. And of course, right now we have uh, citrus greening that is a, a real problem. What does that mean? And challenge. Well, it's a, a disease that infects the tree and it causes the fruit to not ripen correctly. And so it's wiping out a lot of the groves in this area. Really? Mm. Is it just in Florida? No, it's mm-hmm. actually, uh, it uh, started overseas and has come to Florida and it's now in California as well. Interesting. How, do, how does that travel? 
Like, how does that come from across? I don't know. Do you uh, know? In airplanes. Oh. Yeah. You know, a, a little bug can get on either a piece of fruit or even someone's clothes and be on the airplane. They get off and now they're in a whole new place. And Interesting. Infecting different Amazing. areas. Yeah. So this is a cool and, uh, exhibit because, you know, if you had just moved to Orlando or lived in Orlando recently, you only see it really as a tourist economy or a tourist destination, right? Before Walt Disney World, it was a citrus economy. That's all that was here. And cattle. That that was the tourism was mm. uh the citrus the the groves we have some great postcards that show people kind of on their vacation in the sunshine state you know that's why it was the sunshine state was because mm-hmm. you could grow all this amazing food here the the these different fruits and vegetables so <laughs> they're standing there Is with that their really giant called the sunshine fruits. state well because we the sun doesn't always shine here you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them when we first moved to florida true story okay quick pause when we first moved to florida when i was 18 years old we moved from virginia i grew up in virginia and it was beautiful virginia you know north carolina south carolina as we were traveling down in the in the u-haul we literally crossed over the florida line and it started pouring rain and we're like yeah. What is this is supposed to be the sunshine state? What is happening here? Yeah. That, but it's because well, of the citrus. Yeah, you have to have water to grow the citrus too, though. That's so true. It's all rain. part of it. Interesting. Yeah, and then um, I think the uh, the story of Maitland and the founding of it and through all of these groves is just an amazing thing. But one of the things we learned about was the frost belt um, through Florida actually falls right in the middle of Orlando. And Maitland is just barely to the north of Orlando. So we were more susceptible to freeze than some other places. Wow. So sometimes when the freezes would be bad, the Grove owners would relocate just a little farther south. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have um, you know, more in the central Florida area is now where a lot of groves are today. So you're the yeah. director. Oh, it's time to go already. We just got started. Hold on to that question. <laughs> Listeners, we will be right back. We are listening to From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here today with Joshua Vickery, and we're learning about all that's going on, what's good with art and history in the museums of Maitland. And, and I'm looking at the art school schedule, and I'm seeing that you have everything from photo- photography, jewelry, drawing and painting, uh, just a little bit of everything that you're offering. Tons of classes, yeah. That's right. We're in our fall uh, class schedule right now, so we have wonderful classes that are going on in all different kinds of medium. But we also have some workshops coming up. So it's not too late. You can uh, come out and come to one of our workshops and everything from encaustics and jewelry, painting and drawing to macrame. Mm. Some uh, wonderful workshops in macrame in November and December. Do you ever teach any of them? I do not. Mm -hmm. We have some wonderful professionals who do a great Mm -hmm. job of teaching those classes for us. (laughs) Have you taken some? I did. I took a really great class in um, cement making workshop. Oh, cool. So... We learned uh, um, how to take 
just raw cement and create different little planters and even some jewelry out of cement, which is a great tie-in with the institution because so much of our um, exterior decoration is created from cement that was done in the the late 1930s and early 1940s from Jules Andre Smith and his um, some of the helpers that he had to create that. Who would okay, have known that? Not to detour too much, but I think you should talk about Andre Smith because that's so much a part mm-hmm. of your who you are. And if, if someone does, isn't familiar with the organization, tell us how that, right. that fits. Well, he's the founder of the institution in uh-huh. general. And his artwork was so unique that it's because of him and its uniqueness that we're the only National Historic Landmark in Greater Orlando. Mm. And this all began in 1937 when he founded the institution, started construction, and he kept adding and changing everything all the way up until he passed away in 1959. Mm. Um, but it's it's a very unique architectural style. Um, it's considered Mayan revival, um, but you find iconography of all kinds of different cultures. They're not just Mayan and, and Mesoamerica. You'll find African, you'll find Asian, um, and, and a variety of European styles. Interesting, right in the right in Maitland, right? <laughs> All these different <laughs> worlds coming together—that's so cool. So, tell us about the current art exhibit. The art exhibit, uh, sweet, fresh, and juicy, uh, that uh, coincides with our history exhibition that tells the history of Maitland citrus. So, this is some art that was inspired by citrus. Mm. So, we have a few pieces of Jules Andre Smith when he first bought the property or acquired the property. Um, there was a grove. Uh, just next door to it. So there are actually records in the history um, of the institution where he was able to make enough money from sales of some of the oranges to uh, repair the roof on the institution at one point. So it's Mm. great. It's part of our history, but it also inspired some of his art. So there's some great uh, paintings that he did of some of the workers out in the field or um, a fruit stand, a roadside fruit stand. So we wanted to look at who else might have been inspired by citrus and what else is going on there in, in the art world uh, that might have had some of this inspiration. We found an amazing artist um, from Ohio. He teaches in Bowling Green at the university there, um, art and, and uh, drawing, uh, painting and drawing. And his, his name is Dennis. 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 <laughs> His, last His name, name is, is Dennis. Really hard. That's okay. I always Dennis. Wichitowski. Wichitowski. Yeah. I like wow, that That's a cool name. And, and we're probably still a lot of vowels. We'll just call him DW. Yeah. 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 He's, a, he's a very nice gentleman. And he creates really fantastic work that are um, very large scale paintings of uh, very close up views of citrus. So mm. he will take for instance, an orange and slice a very thin slice and then place it in the window of his studio and then re- um, paint it in extreme hyper-realist style wow, detail. that's wow. cool. So, and they have such a luminosity to them. And because of their um, symmetrical nature and the, the round shape of a slice of orange, it becomes almost like a... a window that you would see a rose window that you would see um in a church like, like a stained, stained glass. glass window that's what it's right. like wow and how did he get inspired to do that was it i mean you don't not every day you cut citrus and put it up put against a window, window. right <laughs> like right well he had done a lot of still life painting and okay. and the kind of traditional ways of the old masters um and he realized that when people would come to see the exhibitions they would become very fixated on the subject matter 
rather than the technique. And he was mm. much more interested in, in the technique. So then he got closer and closer in on, on the subject. So he decided he would just paint an orange. So he painted an orange and that got a little bit of better response. And he says that he was in his studio one day and he thought, well, what's really at the core of this? What, what can I really um, explore a little farther? So that's when he sliced into the orange and eventually put them into his window. And he does all different fruit, oranges, uh, kiwis, uh, melons. So he has these wonderful rosettes, but he also does almost what feels like he's looking at it magnified. So you'll see just a few little bits of the the um, the texture of the orange and the different cells that the liquid is in, or maybe one of the seeds, and it's blown up so large that you feel like you're looking at it through a um, you know a microscope, but mm. really it's his painting, is his view of this wonderful work. Does he have a name of his collection or? Um, he, well, he, the sweet, fresh, and circular. It's a the Rosette series are the the round ones, mm -hmm. the spherical ones, and the um, uh, then the abstracts. Um, he has different. They're all parts of different, different uh, uh, series that he's done. He and also he has a floral series as well. Oh, neat! How many paintings are in the whole art? There's, I mean, for him, but also. Right. Other works that you have for this exact, this exhibit. There are about a dozen paintings, but there's also sculpture. Okay. So the next gallery that you go into, that's in, Dennis's work is in the main gallery. We call gallery number two. But in the next gallery is a local artist, uh, Richard Munster. And he is a sculptor and uh, creates some wonderful work. He did a citrus piece where he took rotting fruit and then wrapped the clay around it and fired that and the fruit all evaporates and then you're left with this very interesting texture and some of the the um liquid itself from the fruit causes the glazing to be a little different so he had done that work a couple of years ago we have some of j andre smith's actual trees still uh -huh. there are three trees on the property one of them is a pomelo tree that was there from the time of j andre smith and so he took some of those pomelos and created new work from that actual fruit that was part of the institution. So it's a great tie-in, yeah. you know, yeah. to the, the history of the institution and this new work that's in this very kind of experimental look at yeah. the, the sculpture. Whose idea was it to roll out this exhibit? Well, I've been at the museum <laughs> for about seven months, and this was an idea that already existed when I got there. Because there's so many neat things yeah. that you could, events and all sorts of you can do around this. How long is this going to last? Um, this closes in January, right after oh, the Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So you have, have plenty time of to time. go. Right. So, Danielle, yeah. we haven't had a chance to talk to you much yet. You know, your facilities and operations, but you get to do it in such a beautiful place. Is I, there anything that's in this new exhibit that's really inspired you when you've come to work? Is there a certain piece of art or something that's really spoke to you? I, I think seeing the pomelos that Richard Munster used in the exhibition was um, uh, just beautiful because uh, when we discovered the pomelo tree, at the back of campus, um, the center has gone through a lot of periods of um, over the last probably 40 years of overgrowth and kind of disrepair. And then it'll get a lot of love and get cleaned up and then fall back into disrepair. Mm. And right now it's getting a lot of love. And what we've discovered is these gorgeous trees in the back. And we worked with um, a citrus specialist from the University of Florida whose name escapes me, but Mark knows. We'll pass on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll call um, DW oh, okay. number two. Yes, DW number two came up. Um, with the University of Florida, it's actually a, a couple, um, 
they both work in citrus, and they were able to um, take the tree back to their laboratory and discovered that it does, in fact, date back to the 30s, um, wow. which is incredible because citrus trees don't, um, especially with greening, they don't really have that kind of lifespan anymore. So It's like this, it had this divine purpose yeah. to be here for you. Oh, it was great. It's just, you know, it's living history. Mm. Um, it's an heirloom. And so to discover that it had that rich history and then to see it used in this exhibition was just, it was beautiful to see that. That's so cool. And so what are some other fun things that you guys are doing around this exhibit? Events or are you giving away citrus? We aren't giving away citrus. <laughs> we, we actually had a lot of citrus donated um, for our opening yeah, okay. um, on the 27th of September. So we have a lot of citrus lingering around the campus right now that we've been sending home with artists. Okay. Um, uh, there's uh, quite a bit of programming. Um, I we uh, Not citrus related, but we are doing, um, it's October, so we are in the middle of our um, haunted tours of the center. Ooh. So that's one of our most popular events. Is there a ghost that lives within? Uh, so... We are doing two different sets of tours on the Art Center campus. Uh, they believe that the ghost of Andre Smith is still lingering on the ground. Really? Usually a, a positive influence, checking in on artists. Okay, you said usually. Usually. There, are there sometimes he doesn't agree with things? Does he like, <laughs> does he like sweet and fresh and juicy? Do we know? I believe he loves sweet, fresh, and juicy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but he, um, a lot of the stories, um, he does show up during times of distress as well. And so um, uh -huh. one of our uh, founding stories of the center going back to the late 60s, there was a group of uh, citizen artists that started this grassroots movement to save the campus. And the inspiring moment was one of the artists, it was after Andre Smith had died, went into the gallery and he looked down towards the end of it and he saw the figure of Andre Smith and decided it was a, a message to save the art center. Wow. wow, wow. wow. Yeah. That's and so, cool. yeah. And so he's, um, he's shown up. We had a hurricane a couple of years ago and um, there was a Andre presence at that time that I saw. Um, it looked like somebody was smoking and there was nobody there, but I wow. saw the cigarettes um, yeah. and smelled the cigarette smoke. And then we also have, um, some very heavy ghost activity, according to the paranormal investigators at the Waterhouse residence. So we're doing tours both on the Art Center campus and then the Waterhouse residence as well. We should go. We should go. That sounds so fun. Orlando Weekly says that it that the Maitland Art Center is one of the most haunted spots in Central Florida. Yeah. That's yeah. so spooky. I love it. But okay, yeah. so what do you guys, all right, if, if somebody were to come, because I think people are going to be jazzed about this. If they come, do you tell ghost stories? Do you actually experience like what is what is it like yeah so there's two different types of tours the art center tour is um it's kind of a historical ghost tour so the guests are led through the grounds and they're told um about andre smith and then in in each location they go to they're um told about some of the stories that have happened in each space you know mm. um the water is it in the dark by candlelight it or? is in the dark and we turn off all the center lights so it is it's very spooky and then <laughs> it allows guests to get as uh Spooked as some of the staff is when they were there late at night, too. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. so we're sharing that experience. And then the Waterhouse Residence, uh, this is the first rare year we're doing it. It's really exciting. We're working with a group of paranormal investigators. American Ghost Adventurers. Yep, American Ghost Adventurers. And they're bringing all their fun uh, equipment mm -hmm. that they're going to let the guests use and just let them explore the Waterhouse Residence and kind of discover for the, the spirits for themselves. And what is said to be in the Waterhouse Residence? An old woman... Uh, we believe she may be Stella Waterhouse, who was okay. the daughter who lived there. Um, but uh, Ting uh, from Paranormal mm -hmm. Investigators, she um, kind of cautioned us. We don't really know who this woman is. Okay. It could be the daughter, but it even could be somebody who just visited for a season and so decided she wanted to go back. There. When she cautioned you, is it because she had a feeling that this might be someone of 
she just cautioned us against assuming the wrong name and using it. it regularly got to adjust it, the spirits. Because okay. usually we'll go in there and, hey, Stella, we're in here now. Or, right, um, and one it could be Mabel. It could be Mabel. Yeah. We right. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we could actually try using some different names. Well, I, you know, haunted tours are just fun, really. I mean, they're yeah. very cool. But it's so much a part of history, right? You're mm-hmm. looking back at the lives of people who were in these spaces mm-hmm. and caught at home mm-hmm. before we came mm-hmm. around. And I think it's so much a part of your story. Well, but we've it, got so much more to talk about. We have to take a quick break uh, already. Know, but so we have sorry. a whole other segment. We do. So join us back here on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Welcome back to From the Heart Magic 107.7 FM. This is Joshua Vickery with my talented and wonderful co-host, Mary Thompson Hunt. And we are having a conversation with three of the leaders from the Art and History Museum of Maitland, Mark and Randall and Danielle. And it's been a great conversation so far as we're learning about some exciting things that are happening. We've learned about a little bit about the history and how it got started and how we merged art and history together to tell the story of Maitland and the founder, Andre Smith. And then also we talked about ghost tours, which you got to check that out. Danielle, remind us, how can we find out information about that? Yeah, you can visit our website, um, artandhistory.org. Artandhistory.org. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. And then, uh, Randall, you were telling us all about the current exhibit that's in. So remind us what that is and how long it's going to be going and how we can get connected to it. Sweet, fresh, and juicy Florida oranges in art and history will be through the end of the year. And we have uh, some great uh, programs to go along with that. We'll have afternoon art tours every uh, second Thursday of the month. We have afternoon art tours. So the first one will be a great behind-the-scenes tour with um, everybody who worked on it to kind of really get an understanding of both of the exhibitions. And then in November, the second Thursday in November, uh, Richard Munster will be there to talk about his work, um, the, his sculptural work that's in the one of the galleries there. Oh, very and cool. Speaking of Munster, haunted tours and paranormal investigations <laughs> every Friday night in October. That's right. <laughs> See what we did. Make sure you get that's that right. back in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we awesome. have the great tours at um, the art center, but when you go down to the Waterhouse residence, mm-hmm. you actually work with the investigators and their equipment. To, to feel like you're really getting in there and, and um, hopefully discovering some things that we don't know about. Mm. Maybe some of the residents who we've not met yet mm. that may still be lingering there. Every Almost every week we have a new story about some encounter that happens at the Waterhouse. So Fascinating. Very, and what's happening in January? So what's the next, You know, maybe you don't have to dive too much into it, but what's the next big thing in January after this one's over? We switch out our exhibitions three times a year, okay. and every spring or the winter, starting in January and through the spring, we really focus on some cultural group from the Central Florida area. This year, we'll be focusing on the Jewish community. Oh, nice. So it'll be some great exhibitions about um, in the history gallery about the Jewish community. We have the wonderful um, um, 
uh, community center right there mm-hmm. in Maitland, and also it's the current location of the Holocaust Museum. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So right. there's a lot. One of our classes there for mm-hmm. Central Florida mm-hmm. Community Arts. That's great. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And then in the art exhibit, we'll look at some contemporary art that's inspired by that culture. Oh, that's wonderful. So three times a year, people can go and see a new exhibit that's right. at, at the right. museum. And then next summer, we'll be really focusing on the Art Center and uh, Jules Andre Smith and his design of the Art Center, but also why Mayan? Why, why some of these really exotic designs mm-hmm. um, did he choose to decorate the, his, his winter home with? So we'll be looking, really delving into that. And since we're looking at architecture and art, we'll be looking in architecture in Maitland itself and some of the um, great things that are going on in architecture throughout Maitland and in in Maitland's history. You guys are doing some great work. And what a jewel this museum is Mm -hmm. to Maitland and to Central Florida, uh, you know, as you continue to tell the story. I just have to mention, because I've been thinking about this the entire time, ever since you introduced Sweet, Fresh, and Juicy. I I just love saying that too, by the way. but it, there's a piece of art that, and I, I don't think we even know who painted it, but it's been passed down from generation to generation in my family. And it's, it's just beautiful. And it's, it is a, a, a table, a kitchen table with a very elderly uh, man and woman sitting at the table, holding hands across with dinner and they're praying over their dinner. And right in the middle of this kitchen table, the only thing besides the two plates is this big bowl of oranges, Aww. huge bowl of oranges. Wow. And no matter, every time you look at the painting, do you know what your eyes immediately go to? The oranges. The oranges. Right every the single yeah. time. And it's not that it's brighter orange mm-hmm. or it's not that it's supposed to focus on it, but you, you know, it, it draws your eyes to it. And it was sat up, it sat above uh, my grandmother's couch for years and now my parents it? have it yeah I'll maybe have to, we can send we'll it have to send it to, to you guys too. yeah I'd love but to it's, see it. i've been thinking about it the whole time you've been talking about citrus about like you know in my own family a painting and art that had citrus mm-hmm. in it is something that's yeah. been passed down through generations so right. very cool really so neat. some neat things happening so make sure you check out that exhibit or go check out one of the ghost tours so mark tell us about the restoration that happened of this museum well i mean Essentially, the, the center, as Danny had pointed out, has gone through periods of, of deferred maintenance, I'll call it that, as well as just... That's a very nice way of saying <laughs> it. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's also just standard deterioration that sure. buildings go through. Because it's 80 years old, right? It's, that... it's yes, 80 years old, okay. um, wow. many parts of it. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, the city of Maitland and owns the buildings. And they've partnered with us, and they're wonderful partners. And they've recently dedicated themselves to the restoration of the site, working alongside A&H. And so a couple weeks ago, the city of Maitland, as part of that restoration work, they um, approved the digital scanning or laser scanning of the entire site inside and out, which means we'll have a complete laser mapping of the site to the minute detail of all the art, all the buildings, everything. Mm. Um, And that will help us plan the restoration work. One of the other things that we did was we partnered with UCF, who has a relationship with ICMOS, which is the International Council on Monuments and Sites. And it's kind of an affiliate of the UN. So what happened was that we brought in an exchange student who was a graduate student in architecture um, from Brazil. And she ended up doing an inventory for us of all the art on the walls. And she put it all into our database, and the final number was 2,558 pieces. Oh, my pieces. goodness. Is wow. that anywhere near where you would have guessed? No. Uh, but you got to keep in mind that several of those were 
pieces that form a larger piece. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but it also doesn't include all the pieces that we know that are missing, oh. that have wow. broken or were stolen over the years. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the original number could have been around 2,700, 2,800. Uh, we just don't know at this point. Wow. Um, but it's a process that we're going through with the city to completely restore the site. That's wow. beautiful. How can listeners help? What do you need? What do we need? Money. Um, money. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, money. Um, Where do they send it? Um, they would send it to us. They could send it to the city of Maitland. Um, it's it's a, going to be a massive project. Um, you have to understand, this was done at a time when building codes were not what they are today. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the designs and features of the buildings, like the foundations, are not exactly what we would have required today. And so a lot of those things have to change. Um, to beef up walls and re-straighten walls and things of that nature. Mm. Um, but it's a fascinating process that we're just now really getting into. It's important to have to have you there because it's part of the history of this where we live. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a unique feature for Central Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's a great responsibility that we and the city have in preserving this for future generations. And if we don't do it now, it will be lost. Yeah. Mm. You know, we it's have like to take care of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you have to take certain precautions. Like when the hurricanes come through, we have to make sure that we take certain precautions that further damage isn't done. Mm. So, Mark, besides the restoration, I'm sure that's a big part of, you know, your time and energy. What what's your vision for for Art and History Museum Maitland as you in, in the days and, and years to come? We know we put that into a strategic plan that the mm-hmm. board adopted about a year and a half ago. And the whole concept is we're re-embracing Andre. Mm. Um, we want to take the center, the original research studio, back to what he had. So to do that, in, in addition to the restoration work, it requires us to move staff offices out, move the classrooms out, move all the storage out, to return all those spaces back into studios for individual artists. Wow. wow. Does that make your uh, facilities and operations heart excited or oh, absolutely <laughs> it yeah does? it does yes. have working so where's everybody going where, where's everybody moving to yeah. um well essentially uh we've announced to our membership that we're looking at constructing new buildings nice uh, not within the com sure compound um but nearby nearby yes mm-hmm. and what value do you think that will bring it, as you're restoring everything back to its original what does that what does that do for the community that's that's a good question. Takes them back. I to imagine it, 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 it takes plants you back, roots and tradition and yeah, history, pride. Yeah. It, it strengthens all of that, mm-hmm. um, and it gives new opportunities. Mm. Um, one of the things that I've always loved was when we, I meet a couple on campus that's looking to get married, and they tell me, "Well, my parents got married here, or my grandparents mm. got married mm-hmm. here." Wow! And I love that because it it shows that this is important to generations, and mm-hmm. I think what we do, we're preserving the past for those future generations. And that's mm. what this is partly about. So do you see this moment in time in, in, in the museum as, as that, as you're studying it, fortifying it for hundreds of years to come? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things where we have a mission and our mission right now is not just for today, but for the future. And mm. that's what we are doing as a team of, of the staff and the board and the community in general is setting the stage for that future generation. Wow. So do you... You're, Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank I love you. it. So you have classes for people of all ages, right? And But is uh, the museum for people of all ages? Absolutely. I mean, we try to have all kinds of exhibitions, programs, activities. 
um, whether it's for young kids through adults. Uh, even seniors. Even seniors, mm-hmm. absolutely. In fact, a lot of our, our regular art school classrooms, you mostly find older adults mm-hmm. in those, um, but we try to also expand it for youth. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, you know, we used to have summer programs that were just for elementary kids. And this year, the experience team expanded that. So we now had summer programs and even after school programs that are for elementary, middle, and high schoolers. Mm. So we're trying to be embracing of all ages. Mm-hmm. So Randall, you've been here seven months, right? That's right. To Central Florida and to, and to the Art History Museum of Maitland. Why are, you, uh, why are you proud to work there? I think the center has a great opportunity to meet the people of this area in a very personal way mm. that you may not get in some of the bigger institutions. Mm. So we have all the wonderful exhibitions that uh, give opportunities to local artists and are part of the scene here. We also have our artists in action program and our artists in residency. So right now we have six local artists either um, that have just graduated from college or are in their mid-career. We have a couple of professors. Uh, one of them is on her uh, sabbatical and she's taking it there um, for a year at mm. um, the Art Center. So it's a great opportunity for you to come out and meet some of them, see what work they're doing, what the projects they're working on, um, really see what it was, what that kind of an arts program and history program are like in mm. a more personal way. Uh, we also have, you know, in addition to the History Museum changing exhibits, we have a permanent gallery, which is the Telephone Museum. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a chance really to talk about that yet, but we just finished renovating that about three months ago. It's been part of the museum since uh, the late 80s, but we just completely redid it. And you talk about exp- uh, opportunities for kids. Um, there are so many hands-on things and and. Uh, chances for them to touch and dial. Most kids don't know how to dial a rotary phone today. Right. So it's a <laughs> lot of fun for us YouTube. to watch them try to yeah. do that. I think there's YouTube videos right now of, of kids trying to like That's work a rotary we watch phone. Live. We watch it <laughs> live watch it all live, the yeah. time. <laughs> and it, it absolutely happens. That's if so you don't tell them, it's just a mystery because you know there's <laughs> you ha- actually have to pick something up to yeah. make it the process yeah. start and then put your finger in and go to the right location or it's not going to dial correctly. So it's the history of the telephone, really? It's the telephone from its original creation all the way up until the uh, late 80s, 90s. We're starting to add some more newer technology, mostly through that. It's changed so much just since I've, I've, you know, it was car phones where it was in a bag and attached to the lighter. You know, I try to tell my nieces and nephews now that we didn't have text messaging and they don't know. They can't, you know, they're 10 and 11. They can't fathom Mm. a phone that doesn't text message. But we'll show them our telegraph. (laughs) We we have a, we have telegraph that that was how you texted back then or a telex machine. If you wanted to send words through something, you had to like type it in on a typewriter and then actually send it. There was no, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, crazy. No texting yeah. back then. Wait till then. they hear about the Pony Express. Great. Right, the Pony yeah. Express. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, best, the best recently was when a little boy picked up the phone and asked for Siri. Oh. <laughs> Where's the Siri button? Yes. Oh, well, the, uh, the Art History Museum of Maitland is an absolute jewel in our community, and I'm like so glad cool. we've gotten to be able to talk about it. There's the exhibits that's happening, the sweet, ju- f- sweet, juicy, and fresh. No, sweet, fresh, and juicy. That's Did right. I, that's right, okay. Yeah. And then there's also the, all the ghost tours that are happening, as well as classes that you can take, field trips, you can get married at the Art and History Museum of Maitland. And of course, they're doing some wonder work with this restoration. Mark and his leadership team are making sure this is here for, for years to come. Go so, by, go by, support them. Yeah, friends, thanks for having the conversation. Josh Check Mary, out. thank you. Yeah, you're very mm-hmm. welcome. Arthistory.org, right? You got it. Arthistory.org. Go and check it out. Tell them Mary and Josh sent you. Uh, thank you Have everyone a great week, for Mary. listening. You too, Joshua. We'll see you next week, listeners. Joshua Vickery, Mary Thompson Hunt, from the heart. Magic 107.7 FM.